Hi, this is George, and this is actually uh, my first international podcast, and I have a really great guest today. It's Minogaus Kudelis. I hope I spelled it, uh, said it right, Minogaus. How did it sound? Pretty, pretty close, but I won't uh, <laughs> yeah, be too harsh on it. <laughs> yeah. 11 years of Russian and school didn't help me speak it out the right yeah, way. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's not quite Russian, but yeah, yeah, it's... Yeah, no, you probably always hear that. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't I really know it's mind that Russian. because it's it's a it's crazy thing to get uh, over about too much. So yeah, yeah. So Minungas, you play basically known for your great composers, and you're also a ripe admin. So uh, tell us about uh, ourselves. How did you get so good in composites? Well, I. It's a it's a good question because uh, normally I would be asked uh, what kind of material I use to do to have I won't yeah, ask yeah, that. <laughs> to, to have good results or you know what course I went and how I did get better. So there's no no not a clear answer to how to start doing uh, good composites like right away. I, I guess it's it dates back a few years ago. Uh, when I started following these Facebook groups. And at, for, at first I had this impression that some guys are just too talented and the, the talent is the, the key to have good, uh, good direct restorations. Then I started uh, tried to do something similar and of course I failed. And then I started to find some kind of uh, excuses not to do, not to try anymore because... Uh, the one thing is the talent. The other thing you start uh, compromising because you think your your patients cannot pay for your uh, good work. But after a while, I noticed that some guys um, are doing great work on the daily basis. So it's about the time when the ripe started or the tomorrow tooth. Uh, at first, it was known by by a clear matrix Italia, I guess. So there were guys that were posting amazing dentistry every day or like a few times a week. So I, I got this idea that, okay, talent might be one thing. Uh, another thing might be uh, special cases you do for the congresses and you spend like four or five hours on your composite. So of course it can look uh, awesome. But when you see some people posting uh, consistently with the very good results, it just uh, it just made me try and try and try again to do as best as I can. Uh, of course, photography helped uh, a lot to, to see my progress and my mistakes. And then in, in the long run, when you, when you try on every case to do your best work and you spend some time to analyze it afterwards in, in the evening or on the weekends, you, you start to see some things you can improve or you, you can see which things work for you, which which don't. And then I guess like in uh, every field, if you do something consistently, repetitively, and you try to improve every day, I guess you, you're bound to success at some point. So it's just a matter of, I don't know, maybe persistence and stubbornness, I guess. So... I think stubbornness is a key word. Maybe. I, I, I wouldn't uh, describe myself as a very stubborn person, but I just uh, started to do things. Uh, I, I saw how it progresses. I guess social media had a huge impact, not only from the inf influential point of view, but 
uh, when you share your work and you get feedback on what you can improve or you get uh, good feedback and people start admiring your work, you just uh, have this motivation to to keep doing and keep trying to get better. So I guess it, it, it worked for me at least. So that's why I encourage everyone to, to try and post uh, their cases because it's a, it's a different uh, kind of way of work uh, when you when you start posting and uh, you you share your work with the colleagues yeah so so that that was i guess photography and uh, facebook and uh, stubbornness yeah uh, had a But lot of it when did you graduate and when did you start taking pictures Uh, I graduated, uh, let's see, this summer will be five years, so in 2013. Uh, Actually, a lot of people are hoping that you already took 15 years in business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, uh, well, I can say that the last year of the studies, I already worked part-time, so let's say I'm working for six years now, maybe. But uh, as far as the pictures, mm, I guess I started to take them in the last year of, of dental school. Uh, I, I took them with my Nokia phone at first. Uh, <laughs> Which one? Actually, I used to be a Nokia promoter yeah, back in the days. It was N8 or N9. It was a very, uh, how to say, the, the, the one with a very nice camera at, at that time, one of the yeah. best. So the, the pictures weren't very good, but I already started to... You know when you're when you're doing uh, the work and you only try to please the the patient. So the patients are not dental experts. So usually, if the if the feeling is wide, they're happy. So when you are already thinking that you will take a photo and uh, you will want to see it or you will want to share it with the colleagues, you already start to think, uh, okay, you, you you just unconsciously try to to do better. So. So even at that time, I, I tried to uh, document some of my cases and uh, I, I thought that I'm doing a very good uh, work. Of course, when you're graduating, you're very optimistic about some things. And, you know, at first you have these crappy mobile pictures. Then you see some nice pictures from the in the conferences or in the Facebook. Then you try to buy yourself a good dental setup. And when you already have... On the day you have a nice uh, crisp images with a good depth of field with a good micro lens and flash. Uh, at that moment, uh, it was the second moment, uh, like this uh, light bulb moment you have. Is the first one was when I bought loops, and the second one was when I saw my work in the, uh, in the high definition images. So th then you understand how how little you see in the mouth and how many mistakes you do and how your work is not so good as you imagine it is. So, so yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had the moment when you took a picture of your old work and uh, asked yourself later on why you even took the picture in the first place? Uh, no, no, I guess I never, I never regret of taking pictures. I, I regret of some work I did, of course, but uh, taking pictures, no, never. I, sometimes I regret not taking a picture. It's, It's more often like that way. Mm -hmm. But usually now you're basically, are you documenting every case you're doing or even try to have at least one or two pictures? Um, it's hard to, to tell, but I guess there are only one or two cases a week I do not document at all. Uh, all the others get documented at least for 
for some some pictures, some steps. I I do quite a lot of uh, indirect work as well. Uh, I don't document it as much because um, actually I don't know why. Maybe <laughs> it's a bit uh, harder, and when when you document it, it takes a long time to to have a nice presentation for indirect because it takes over a period of few months and then the pictures get lost somewhere and it takes just so much time just to organize them so so for for direct i try to take a picture at least of uh pre-operative and post-operative and maybe the cavity preparation um even in, in the rush Sometimes I, I take these uh, carous-proof pictures just to show the patient what the problem there, there really was. Uh, I started doing uh, initial consult pictures as well. So almost every new patient gets a set of pictures just to, to, to have an initial stage. So I, I try to take more and more pictures. And I, I, I don't maybe when I'm really, really in a rush. So... Yeah, that's it. And extractions, I don't take pictures of extractions because there's not so much to take there. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, the extractor tooth. <laughs> if, it, if it's in a funny shape, yeah, then it's get a, a picture, at least with a mobile phone. So, <laughs> a quick share, yeah. So, I basically know your camera's uh, setup, but uh, maybe some listeners would like to know your camera's setup. You're, you're a Nikon user. Yes. That's what I know yes. for sure. And you have a... Um, a Don't you even have, uh, you said a ring flash in the beginning, but don't you have a, like a, a dual bracket flash as well? Uh, yeah, I have, I have both. I have a ring flash, which is Nissan MF18. Uh, it's a quite nice flash. And it's a very good flash for the beginning. So I guess I could recommend for everyone to start from the ring flash because it's just so much easier. Uh, dual flash is more complicated. And even when I have it, It's a R1C1 uh, kit and a Scorpio bracket. Uh, what I like with it, it's the creativity and uh, the results are usually more nicer than ring flash, but it's uh, harder to use. So uh, even now I switch back and forth from ring flash and uh, dual flash. Yeah, and uh, the lens, I use either uh, Nikkor 105 macro lens or, or Tokina 100. Uh, it, it works just as well, uh, but it's maybe two times or three times cheaper. So, And the body is uh, uh, Nikon D3200, so just the entry-level DSLR, and I guess it's all you need in the dental photography, at least from my point of view. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the, uh, I mean, the style Italiano article, start taking pictures where basically say the lens and the flash is the most important thing and the body. Okay, if you want to be real cool, you can have a real uh, <laughs> expensive body, full format. Uh, but uh, on the other hand, I always see that uh, um, the bigger the body or the cooler the body is, uh, the more megabyte uh, does the raw picture take. Um, and uh, yes. you can get, get in hard drive troubles. Yeah. How big is your hard drive? And I, I'm using MacBooks, so they're not, <laughs> not, not known for... <laughs> For the big drives right now, I'm quite happy because I, I I recently bought a new one and it's 200 and 
56 or something like this uh, before I had 128 and it worked for me. But I just store all, all of my pictures in cloud so I could easily access them from different computers like in the clinic or at home. So, and Which cloud service do you know, use? Um, now I have... I bought this external drive and it had a promotion for... So I have uh, two years of uh, membership in OneDrive. Uh, it's a Microsoft service. And I don't know. Before I used Dropbox, I guess they, they work uh, both. Oh, Dropbox is a hassle. I don't know. It, it worked both both for me quite, pretty good, at least for what I need. So it's, it's enough. Actually... Uh in the office, I try to store the, my pictures right away in, a, in a, a big folder. And this folder is synced with a program called SyncFink, which is a P2P service. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's syncing with my laptop at home. Okay. So it's kind of cloud, but just a cloud between two computers, okay. which is quite nice. Yeah. And yeah. it's freeware, of course. Yeah. So... For your composites, I know that you're using uh, mainly a brush. Uh, as uh, Stefan Brownett uh, basically taught me, and uh, I know that you also, uh, in some point of your career or life, dental life, you were influenced by him as well. Can you tell uh, us more about that? Yeah, uh, the, the main instrument, I guess, for me is the, is the brush. And... I'm quite happy I saw it from Stefan and uh, he influenced me uh, a lot in the beginning because the, the first influence was the rubber dam. Uh, when I saw his course, I was already uh, working with it, but I had some uh, struggles. And after his lecture, just a few ideas, uh, a few missing pieces of the puzzle just popped in. And from that moment, I just uh, didn't look at isolation at as some kind of uh, very di difficult thing to do so so that was one thing and the the other uh, thing i learned from him was the, the the brush basically i saw a video uh how he models it so basically i just got the idea how you can manage uh, some type of composite with the soft uh, brush And it felt for me, it's, I guess the, the tools you use is very uh, personal thing. So for me, the brush works uh, so much better than any metal instruments because they, they are hard and they, they leave these very straight lines, uh, into the surface. Uh, the brush uh, gives you a bit more, maybe organic form, more smooth. So I don't know. I started using it. I, I liked it and I still use it. I guess I could, uh, get pretty good results with the maybe micro brush and just a fine tip probe but it wouldn't be maybe as fast as i can do it with a fine tip brush so yeah that that's i guess what can i tell you about it <laughs> <laughs> actually uh Jason Smithson is uh, kind of started with like uh, the micro brush and apparently we also changed completely to the uh, normal brush yeah I didn't hear that, but I, I guess there's so many techniques uh, to to choose from. You just have to find find the one that works best in your hands. So, 
Yeah, but comparing to what you can find for crazy composite instruments on the market, uh, when you look, for example, at the Cosmodan side or the, I don't know, I think, what is Garrison has some fancy co composite instruments, uh, which are like three different pieces on one handle. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I the brush technique is very, very simple compared to that. Yeah, and it's it's quite quite cost efficient because these brushes are not not so expensive. At least the ones I use. So, oh, I have to ask you: not using the GC Lab brush? Yeah, yeah, I'm using it. So the the how much is it in your country? Because it's uh, in Germany. It's uh, I pay around two fifty for one brush. It's the same. Yeah. So I guess it's okay. it's I guess it's it's so so much better than buying a whole brush for ten or twenty euros. You know, from the other companies. So okay that's uh, for sure yeah but i was hoping you have a secret trip for even cheaper one but i tried the problem is usually um well we're supposed to use it just one time yeah yeah and, i know and officially i'm just using it one time yeah officially me too <laughs> <laughs> let's leave it just there yeah but uh, if if you want uh, i haven't tried it uh, i asked uh, stefan about it the uh, the smile line made uh, composite brushes as well and it, the the price is cheaper than gc ones uh, per brush and they also have a handle i guess a nicer metallic handle and uh, the brush tips are also disposable and changeable And they also have a fine tip brush, but it's uh, more intended for the stain application. So they might be not as hard to manipulate the resin. So I'm not sure, but if you if you have a chance to try it, maybe it, it could work as well. Uh, well, um, um, at the last the direct uh, congress in Jubu, there was um, 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 not Anasalat's other guy, Jordi. Jordi. Mm -hmm. How could I forget? <laughs> And uh, he had these brushes, and actually he he uh, stopped using them, which is interesting because he thought he doesn't need it. And uh, when I had a look at it, I don't think they're not as stable as the GC ones. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, that that's what Stefan told me. He he just uh, told me he thinks they're a bit too soft for for the same task as GC. So for now, you have to uh, you know get used to using. It once and paying like two fifty or three euros for it, and it's not a, not a big deal, I guess. No, actually, so, uh, some some materials and some tools, I guess, they're just worth their price. Like the good metrics, it, it costs costs also, also almost the same as the brush, and you also only can use it once. So I guess, but but you're also using the, these Russian matrices from Tor, right? Yeah, yeah, I quite like him. Quite like them. Yeah. Uh, for some situations, they're so much better than any other matrix. Around uh, just this Friday, I had one case uh, with the really deep uh, cavity, and uh, for a week now or two weeks now, I have the the, the back layer matrices. They're they very expensive. I think they're very good at at some points. But the, the case last Friday, I still had to use the Tor matrix, which is like, I don't know, maybe five or six or ten times cheaper than BioClear. But at that situation, it worked better than the BioClear one. So so it's not always the, the material and the brand name or the price. You just have to, I, I guess you have to have 
all kinds of the materials in your possession for certain tasks and certain patients, I guess. So, uh, as we mentioned, Stefan borrowed a couple of times. Uh, so, for example, uh, some people ask you which uh, uh, which courses they should visit uh, for getting better in composites. And I personally would always recommend Stefan. Yeah. Uh, but uh, do you have some other tips for them as well? Well, uh, what, what I try to tell them... Uh, Uh, from the beginning is I, I don't know any course uh, that you just go to one course and you start to get bet, best results fr from from there it's never like this that one course will change your uh, life so like I talked in the beginning you just have to be stubborn and be repetitive and try to reach your goal for quite a long time be before you're, uh, you can get the results But uh, there, of course, there are people who, who are worth seeing. So Stefan would get uh, another recommendation from me as well. Um, I really liked, I never saw him live, but it also made a huge impact on how I think about the layering in the posterior composite uh, composites is the Gianfranco Politano. So okay. I guess he's worth seeing as well. I only saw his uh, webinar. Uh, and uh, recently I went to see Janos Mako in Budapest. So it's a course on the tooth morphology and tooth anatomy. And I guess it's it's very, very good course. Uh, Was the course where you also painted some pictures? Yeah, yeah. We, we drew the teeth. We made the teeth from the plasticine. So it made made me rethink what I know about the anatomy. And uh, when, when it comes to direct posteriors, it's, it's actually the, the most about the uh, anatomy and morphology and the least about the layering and the shades. So, so you have to know the anatomy. And if you don't, or you don't feel too comfortable with it, so try to, to get to a good uh, anatomy or morphology course. If you can't go to the course or you don't want to, you just can study the pictures or the models and try to figure out how the tooth is built. So it makes easier for you uh, to, to build it out yourself. Yeah. So I guess these, these three guys are worth seeing. I, I didn't see too much uh, of good world known speakers myself. So maybe there are, I, I, I'm pretty sure there are, Uh, many amazing guys worth seeing as well. Maybe Jason Smithson as well, as I've heard. Jason Smithson is quite expensive. Good, so. But he's coming to Vilnius this year, but just for a lecture. Ah, oh, he already was here. Yeah. Ah, ah it's already gone now. Oh, yeah. I missed, I, I missed it as well. <laughs> I wanted to visit you as well. <laughs> yeah, well. Next time, next time you have to plan. Yeah. Okay, Minos, you also had a lecture in Budapest. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. Um, It so was, was your first international lecture, or yes, yes. So, so international teacher. <laughs> I guess I could market myself this way. <laughs> It wouldn't be, uh, you know, false. Yeah, I had this chance. Uh, my my good friend Andras Wolom, he was um, uh, managing the the program for the Aesthetic Congress, and he invited me. So. It was a good opportunity for me to test myself, you know, how, 
how how does it feel to be a lecturer and it was a very interesting experience let's say uh yeah so we're gonna see more from you uh, pretty soon again uh, maybe uh, i'm not sure it all depends on how how it all works out uh, i i guess uh, i could achieve a bit more working uh, not in the lecture uh, format or more more on like a small course small group I guess it's it's pretty hard to teach something uh, in in 45 minutes or one hour you just give a, gl a glimpse of something you know well as at least my my experience from the conferences is that after a while when you go to a conference you just um, maybe get one or two tips or some ideas but never the the full picture so it's just like a sh showcase for the for the courses at least that was my experience in recent conferences and trying to build the lecture myself i i quite um get the feeling why because it's so so hard to to give a structured information in a short period of time and at the same moment teach something so maybe maybe that's not really the point of the lecture at all so or or fully you know uh, maybe just presenting your idea or workflow or something and if you want to really really teach something i guess it's uh, it's better to to have a bit longer time and maybe some more teaching equipment you know like uh, hands-on or just a presentation of doing something so I, i'm i'm working in that direction at the moment a bit trying okay, to, to so build a course for like one or two days on direct when deposit. will be the first international course by you Mindogas? Uh, it's it all depends on the you know uh The, the market and what the market wants. <laughs> so when, when I have <laughs> Actually, enough uh, people, the market become, just yeah. needs a date. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I guess I, I need to to make a poll maybe, and then we can make something arrange. You know, if I have enough people that could come at a certain date, I guess it's from from there I can work it out. Okay, I mean, how big is your office? Uh, how many people do fit in? Six, seven? Uh, I, I, I'm right now in the struggle of thinking of how could I make uh, the hands-on part and how, how many people I could fit uh, for, for that. Just for the lecture and presentation, I guess, uh, up to 10 people, not more. Uh, maybe from six to eight would be the, the, the best The best amount because uh, i had a group of seven people last time and it was uh, still pretty comfortable so so that that much i can squeeze in in my small office yeah but that's that could be a start if you just do it in your office and uh, for example just say well I have two dates. Uh, the price is about this, uh, and uh, I recommend this hotel right around the corner. And the social pro pro program will look like this. Uh, it could be enough, I think. Maybe, maybe, yeah. yeah I mean, uh, if uh, and on the other side, risk if you do uh, doing it in your own office is uh, not very high uh, for uh, uh, spending um, a lot of money on a hotel room rent. Yeah, so yeah, this of could course. Be a start for you. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm 
kind of maybe if just two people are actually coming <laughs> really make a good deal yeah well two people are i guess a bit too too small but it's also might be very very fun you know <laughs> it could be it would great. be very yeah uh how to say very personal tailored <laughs> education <laughs> that could be a thing personal yeah. tailored coaching by minu <laughs> yeah there's there are already guys doing this you know one-on-one -on -one teaching so it's it's not something uncommon Well, it's, uh, I know that uh, German dentists, uh, um, just, uh, for example, just two or three dentists invite uh, a person and say, just let come two days for us and lecture. And uh, this is kind of uh, nearly a one-on-one. -on -one. Uh -huh. But it's uh, still, I think, quite rare. Yeah, yeah. Well, usually it's how to... How to you can look at uh, this thing as a, a business for some people for, for the lecture lecturing and uh, running courses so uh, it's it's hard to make a lot of money from one or two guys and it's always easier to make more money from 10 or 20 guys so mm. i guess that that may, plays a role as well <laughs> don't you think but you uh, own your own office that also plays a role right Yes, yes. Well, it's it's a family family business, so it's not. For example, Stefan Broward uh, uh, doesn't have an own office anymore. He's yeah. working in two or three different offices in Belgium. Yeah, uh, and this way he is kind of flexible when doing courses because he don't have has any fixed costs. And the yeah, same yeah, is yeah. basically right for Jason Smith, and he's working uh, three days a week as a dentist uh, in this office. He said. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other two or three days, he's uh, open for lectures or writing books. So um, that's something I see around the lectures. But of course, we're all, for example, Lincoln Harris. Uh, mm -hmm. He has his own office <laughs> and he's traveling a lot. Uh, yes, yes. It's, uh, you know, I guess there are just people who... who Who likes to run things there are people who hates to run things so it's always better for them to to be uh just a paid worker you know to do their part and that's it uh what i like uh, about uh, having an office is the the freedom of yes. of the treatment choices you make of the pricing you can uh, arrange for the patients and you know just freedom of everything but since it's a small office i don't have to uh manage a lot of staff so uh, there's not that much uh, managing burden on me so at the moment i'm in a pretty comfortable position for, from uh, where i look at it from so i i don't plan to change it uh much at all yeah at but least. you mentioned it's kind of a family thing as well is your, are your parents dentists as well Uh, my parents are dental technicians and my oh, sister okay. is a dentist as well. So ah, you work together with your sister. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So right now I have a bit more free time since she started working as well. So I have a bit more time to spend, you know, for, for some presentation making or just staying at home with, with the family. So I'm not sure how, how common is it uh, to overwork in Germany, but at least here, uh, the dental field, the dentists are known to be uh, quite 
prone to uh, workaholism thing. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's easy um, to get lost in, inside deep. So sometimes it's good to to make some time for for yourself. Well, um, let's say I switched from five days a week to 40 days a week and uh, <laughs> uh, I actually got more effective. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Which was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll have to ask about you. What, what are the secrets to doing that? <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is... Um, um okay officially i'm uh also also making some uh like um, how do you call it? management things at home uh, in on my off day so uh -huh. um these uh i didn't, never had to block uh, uh don't have to block any more appointments for because i have to do office stuff okay uh, and uh well i don't know how <laughs> but maybe uh, my receptionist uh, is kind of uh, when she knows that i'm uh, not friday here, she's she's squeezing more people into the schedule ah, okay <laughs> i don't know i can't really tell you i just see when i look at the numbers uh, uh compared to i mean i think i start doing this one and a half a year ago and uh -huh. basically didn't change even uh rised uh um what i'm surprised uh now you can think well if i would uh, work five days a week i would probably make more money <laughs> but it was more than before so this is way to go okay yeah work less and earn more for podcasting actually yeah so oh. uh, so you're also going to other lectures international probably Where can we see you this year? I mean, it's January, so are there any uh, courses you're going to this year? Ah, to see myself? Uh, no, yes. not yourself. Uh, well, just the courses you go to. Uh, are you going to any RIPE courses this year? The one in Berlin? Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Ah, uh, nice. I will see Ricardo. Uh, I guess it's it's a good course. There's no 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 reason to advertise it uh, anymore because it's sold out from the, the first day. It <laughs> was crazy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I will be uh, seeing Pascale uh, with Marco Maiorino in Gothenburg oh. uh, in two weeks. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah, it's. I guess uh, I really have high hopes for this. Have you ever seen him live? I never saw him live. No, not yet. That that's what I that's why I go to see him because I I really want to meet that guy. He's I really admire uh, what he's doing. So actually, be I know good. this case is from, back from Style Italiano. Um, okay. Uh, Uh, and actually, sometimes I you even can search his old cases. I think it was two or three years ago he stopped posting uh, them, okay. which yeah. is quite interesting sometimes. He was very mm -hmm. uh, in the rubber dam thing uh, and talked yeah. a lot about clams and which uh, clams you needed in this case. And uh, that was interesting. Actually, now he's uh, he changed since he has his own uh, group. Sometimes it's... Uh, uh, a bit too religious but that's okay if you have your own group <laughs> yeah well everyone can do to what what they want uh, i guess in the most most dental groups you can say are religious as well you know about religious about layering or religious about the materials or you know the techniques so usually when you you present your technique sometimes you're 
prone to uh, telling that all the other techniques are crap. So, mm. yeah, have that, you ever seen David, a the, webinar by David Clark? <laughs> uh, no, I saw a few YouTube videos of him, but not another webinar. Should I see it? It's uh, interesting. He's, he he's like, well, stop layering. We don't need it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> don't repeat yeah, nature's I, mistake. Don't make deep oh, yeah, fishes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. I, I guess we could argue, but maybe if what what I've heard from the course from the people who went to his courses is that he he really believes in in his technique and he really have uh, quite a long follow ups. Oh yes, he and does. so. If it works, maybe that's the way to go. Who knows? But uh, with like with all new techniques, it's very uh, hard to to take the, the leap the leap of faith, you know. So, so I, for me, I, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. So some cases, I try to do it uh, a bit like the Clark does, from what I understand, what he does. And I guess in the long run, on the follow-ups, we'll see what, what works and what works in our hands and for our patients. That's also quite important. I think both has a place. This injection molding is, of, is extremely interesting. And yeah. um, actually, it's crazy that it basically works because it's basically one big bulk filling and... Uh, uh, kind of what we learned about layering that with the shrinkage it doesn't matter in this injection molding which is interesting yeah and well i guess the, the, the prep design uh means a lot for for that yeah the prep so design only... is very smooth uh, actually uh, kind of a nearly an indirect prep design for indirects for, with ceramics yeah. which is interesting yeah and i think i personally think for example for this black triangles uh, it's very interesting and even for like the patients who are very uh, bruxing uh, uh, with strong uh, mouth muscles uh, yeah. it could be better f uh, the injection molding the normal case can be layered uh, or done whatever if there are no if there's no bruxing or anything but for the bruxers this could be a thing might be might be well let, let's see how it works Actually, in the future since when you're coming to Berlin, the course is on Saturday, Saturday and Sunday, right? I'm not pretty sure I didn't okay. <laughs> do that far into the calendar. But. Well, I hope so, because um, Ian contacted me, Ian Kerr. Yeah. And uh, yeah. he basically just wants to step by for the social program of the Ricardo course, yeah. not for the real course. Yeah. And uh, he actually, we are talking about uh, doing uh, an hands-on course on Friday. Uh, where he's um, ma um, uh, he's talking about direct uh, Maryland bridges with uh, fibers oh, yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, um, I'll just uh, uh, in the progress of organizing uh, a room for that. But that could be interesting uh, if as well. Or you just have to book your flights this way. You, but you have the chance to come as well. Okay. Yeah. That that might be nice. Yeah, and I'll, uh, I'll start looking into flights quite <laughs> soon so we have to <laughs> get in touch about the details okay so Göteborg uh, Berlin which is my home yeah. city which, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I like it's uh, very nice to uh, see you in person <laughs> yeah I hope I hope we will meet uh, yeah, it would I, be for sure. very 
Actually, I yeah. ask LinkedIn if he needs any help uh, uh, for organizing for the, the course yeah. or someone uh, right in Berlin, but he was like, well, we have a uh, lot of helpers. But on the other hand, he organized so many courses internationally, he probably really doesn't need any help. <laughs> I think he has a very good team that that does all the hard work and knows the has the expertise of running things internationally so so i think he's covered in that uh in that field um i'm trying to think about the other courses i i might go but right now i am quite quite unsure i i might have Uh, a chance to 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 do my own courses in one place or another but it's not not settled yet so Ooh, it's so, gonna be i guess that's interesting uh, will yeah. it be in uh, vilnius or uh, in another country or could it be uh, it could be outside as well so i have a few a few ideas and uh, let's see how it works out and when when i know i'll definitely will share it With, the, with the, my friends on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> How many friends do you have right now? I, I don't know. My, my wife is always uh, making fun of me, you know, for that. Let's, let's check. Uh, I'm also checking. Oh, over 3,000. Okay. So I have still, you know, uh, 1,600 and... 73 people to go to the reach you know the 5000 yeah. limit yeah, well you also already <laughs> started your own facebook page so there's no limit anymore yeah i started it just to have all the cases in one place i guess it's it's quite good to have like this uh, virtual portfolio so people could own could also see not the, the the recent case that i published but also the older ones because i i remember myself uh there was very i'm not sure why he stopped posting but i guess that the facebook page was named uh, the micro dentist oh yeah oh that's a great uh, page he's, he's yeah the, the the guy who posted was amazing both in the clinical cases and both in writing and presenting them so I remember one evening I stumbled up, stumbled upon his case. Then I saw that he has a page and uh, I got stuck in that page for maybe two or three hours just reading through all the cases that there was. So, so I thought, okay, uh, I won't ever reach that level of storytelling as him, I guess. <laughs> But it's, it's <laughs> But British guys. I will have, <laughs> They love storytelling. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm jealous for it. <laughs> No, actually, so, uh, he's, well, as a side, it's not active, but um, I know the uh, guy behind it. It's Andre Heights or something like that. And he's even sometimes commenting on Facebook, uh, in Vibe even. Okay, I'll take a look. <laughs> I'll try to notice it. Yeah. I'll try to send you the contact. Okay, yeah. I think I, I had the impression that he stopped posting because of the the legal things in uk yeah but i have i have this feeling that it might be with this or maybe he got tired of it I, i'm not sure you should make a podcast with podcast with him <laughs> actually <laughs> um, how i understand the, there was some gdc trouble i never fully understood it but uh, yeah. that was uh, 
one big reason probably but maybe because that he was active few years ago then he got silent then he got active again and the, the last peak of activity was uh, had a lot of commentary let's say about the gtc mm. so I, i got the same feeling i guess that there there might have been something but It's just speculation. We, we would have, have to ask the guy. <laughs> I asked Dushan if uh, he knows more about that. He probably knows. Okay. Yeah. He should. Yeah. <laughs> He's supposed to know everything. So yeah, about UK. Okay. We made the 45 minutes. Thank you for uh, the talk. Uh, I'm really looking forward to see you in Berlin. Um, yeah, I, me too. I also hope Thank you. that uh, all the that the course with Ian, which is not actually public yet, but I just talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, now, now it's on. It's, it's on. on. I have to <laughs> do it. There, there's no backing from it. Or, you know, we have to make a new podcast without you mentioning it. <laughs> you <still laughs> just cut it out. Secret. Actually, I'm so lazy in yeah. cutting podcasts and post-production. You won't believe it. Okay, so you just share the, the raw thing. It's called a one-shot. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's great. I, I just really hope before uh, sharing it, just uh, uh, take a look if there's no music in the background because I have, let's say, interesting neighbors. And in the middle of podcast, I started to hear that they started to listen to music pretty loudly. So I'm not sure if my microphone is picking it up, but you, you might hear some uh, Russian music <laughs> in the background. <laughs> well, that's the international flair everybody has to learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so thank you very much for for uh, inviting me for it. And, and it, was, it was a pleasure speaking to you. Yeah, yeah. And thanks for the audience. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, goodbye. Bye.